Yes, hello there and welcome to Join Up Darts. This is an archive show, which means that I'm not here at the moment, but it's, it's all pre-recorded. But it does give you just a glimpse of what's been happening on the iTunes number one business entrepreneur show since we launched. Now, this show is different and you'll hear laughter, tears, shocking stories, real life turmoil, and of course, the kind of success blueprint that will change your life forever. If you want the dream life, then all the answers are here. Now, these are the old episodes, so to get right up to date listening to the latest stuff, then simply search Join Up Dots, click subscribe, and never miss an episode again. And of course, over at joinupdots.com, you can get instant access to our free 12-day podcasting course or loads of amazing free downloads to kickstart your own entrepreneurial journey, all made by my own fair hand. So let's get on with the show. You got a lot of catching up to do after all. Enjoy. When we're young, we have an amazing positive outlook about how great life is going to be. But somewhere along the line, we forget to dream and end up settling. Join Up Dots features amazing people who refuse to give up and chose to go after their dreams. This is your blueprint for greatness. So here's your host, live from the back of his garden in the UK, David Ralph. Good morning, everybody. It is episode 94 of Join Up Dots. We are getting close to the big 100. Unbelievable. And it's the 31st of July. So we've, we've almost ticked off another month. And we are another month closer to Christmas and the end of the year. So all your goals that you planned in January, you're running out of time. So really sort of get on to them because you, you, you really need to do these kind of things. Well, let's talk to you today about a guest who is a man who has got plans and he's traveling a path that is 100% true to himself. As a younger man, he was classed as an at-risk teenager, but still progressed to earn a BA in English. However, continuing his studies didn't really go to plan, and although he had great talent, studying at university was not for him, and he dropped out of his MFA in writing course. And then it seems to me, and he'll make this clearer, that Without a clear idea of how to build a future, he lurched from one position to another and then back again, all the while increasing the debit on his credit card bills. He was depressed, overweight, constantly in pyjamas and a bit lost, but knew that he had something inside that he wanted to express to the world. As he says, we need something that fulfills us creatively. Everyone does. It doesn't matter whether or not you think of yourself as an artist or not. Artists aren't the only ones who do creative things. Cooks are creative. Repossession agents are creative. My accountant is creative. My dad, who owns and runs a wholesale florist, is creative. And he is certainly creative because he's now the co-owner of Go Codebox, a web development company, and he's released two self-penned publications to the world. So let's discuss his struggles and his successes and everything else in between as we start joining up the dots with the one and only Thomas Patrick Levy. How are you today, Thomas? I'm great, David. Thank you. How are you, how are you doing? I am a rocking and a rolling. I'm 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 enjoying these conversations more than ever. When when I say that we're on episode ninety four, I kind of think, are we? Because in certain ways, it feels like episode two. But well, here we are, ninety four, and I'm I'm loving every second of it. That's incredible. I'm uh, I don't really know what to say. Uh, I'm doing well. I'm excited to be on it, and. Uh, interested to hear uh i guess what you want to know about me or what i can tell you or um etc well your your introduction that i wrote what was it about right because there there was 
there was a, a world of information out there for you. And when I started pulling it together, it did seem that for many years, you're still a young man, but for many years, you were on a kind of transitional path to where you are now. So ending on a positive before we go sort of back and join up the dots, <laughs> do you think that where you are now is your unique path? Are you happy with releasing publications and creating your web development company, does it feel the right place for you? Absolutely. You know, I, I think um, this is, you know, one of the things as, as a small business owner, I, I, I communicate with my co-founder um, on a regular basis. And, and for me, owning a business is, uh, you know, it's like 95% emotional and 5% like actually being good at your job. Um, and it and it's a matter for me of of how much I, I suppose emotional pain and growth I can live through um, in order to get to the next stage. And that, that's kind of been the story of my life is is um, kind of knowing. I, I think I've always kind of known the direction I've I've wanted to move in, um, even though it's not always entirely clear. Um, but but I've been aware that things are going to always feel difficult. Um, and that if I, if I kind of sit there and dwell in that difficulty um, and let it paralyze me or cripple me, um, I'm never going to be able to move forward. So the important thing isn't so much um, <laughs> like being like feeling great in the moment. It's just continuing to move forward and trusting in yourself um, that you're going to get there eventually, you know. Um, and, and what I'm always talking about with my with my co-founder is is that um, where where I might be moving to, like the next stage, um, when I get there might not feel great either. But if I look backwards on where I've come from, uh, that's when I can start to tell um, whether or not like I'm moving in the right direction because because you, you never feel it in the moment. You can only tell in retrospect that that I'm I'm progressing and I'm doing better than I was say a month ago or six months ago or five years ago or something like that. Um, which actually now that I say that out loud maybe sounds like I don't have the most positive outlook on my current position. Um, but the the reality is is that I um I didn't want to work for people anymore. Um, that was kind of something that I that I realized, um, which is maybe not apparent in any of my online biographies. In the last like three to four years, I was working at a lot of tech companies and startups, and um, I got really tired. and uh, And I decided I wanted to be able to work from home, where I could, you know, hang out with my dog all day and uh, be home at five thirty when my wife gets home from work, instead of get home at seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. Um, and that's what I do now. Every single day, is I is I do what I want and my clients are my clients, not um, my boss's clients and they actually like me for the most part. Um, so to me that is sort of living the dream um, and I don't think that's where I want to be for the rest of my life but I don't know exactly where I'm going to be tomorrow. So, But, but that's the beauty of life, isn't it? You know, the beauty exactly. of life is what is there tomorrow. And as long as in your heart of hearts and your belief structure it's going to be better than what you've got today, that's all you want. That, that's a good thing. Exactly. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and, you know, there, there's always a challenge there too, you know, and f for me, I get, um, I kind of get restless when things are too easy. Um, and when there's no challenge and, and that's part of the reason I think I've jumped around in a bunch of different industries because learning is, I think one of the most exciting things we can do as people. Um, and in, and in the past like eight or 10 years of my life, since I've been jumping around so much, I've gotten to start from scratch and like wrap my head around a whole new industry or process or, or, or work style. Um, 
and uh, and then get really good at it. And uh, and that's yeah, like really enjoyable for me when I look back on what I've done so far. Um, even though if I put it all together on a resume, it looks like I'm just really flighty. Uh, to me, it's like well, I've been really good at being a repossessor. I've been really good at being a cook, um, and and I've I've done all these different things, and uh, and those are experiences that I have, you know, um, and that's exciting to me. That's really awesome. So, uh, who knows where I'm going to be in six months or a year? I imagine I'll probably still be building websites uh, with my company, but. Um, the internet is incredible because uh, anybody that works in a tech in the tech industry, it's changing so rapidly that 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 you have to be learning something new every single day. Um, which is one of the reasons why I've really gravitated towards it and kind of sat in this industry for a while is because um, there is no point of mastery in my mind. There's always just like new levels of mastery, and then things are going to change in a month, and I'm going to have to relearn something. So, so that's always exciting to me too. The funny thing about you, though, Thomas, is you have jumped from career to career to career, and now hearing you talk about Go Codebox and your development company. You're passionate about it, aren't you? It's it's a it's it's coming out of you. You can hear it. You have found your place. Why do you think it took so long to find that position? Because everyone out there, I always think, in maybe three camps, two camps is too narrow. Three camps. Number one, it's the ones that we're trying to drive people towards, where you can have the dream life. You can have more money than you would dream you could have you can have more time off you can have the ability to be able to take your girlfriend or your partner out for a drink in the middle of the afternoon when everybody else is at work you can have all those kind of things but there's another camp where they are in jobs that they just like and they are quite happy and they're quite content and they don't want anything more and they don't want to be entrepreneurs and they don't want the big bucks. They're just happy being where they are. But it's that third camp, it's that third camp who hopefully are listening to the show that are in situations that are rubbish and they are in relationships that are rubbish and they haven't quite grasped the fact that it all comes down to them to take that action and that is what life is about all you're jumping around it was just you taking action until something felt natural and that was your fit yeah i mean <laughs> um that's a lot for me to process on the fly there I, i'm not sure if i'd necessarily agree with or disagree with how many camps there are but um it's my show you should always agree with me sir <laughs> okay is that the is that the way it works it's, it always um, works <laughs> um but i i mean I, I i definitely think that that's accurate regarding that third camp i i mean um I, and and this partially, I mean, I can digress back into my my, my high school um, being classified as an at, at risk teen. I'm, I'm I'm pretty open and honest about like kind of what my experience was there. But I, I did a lot of drugs and I did a lot of drinking, and um, I, I spent a lot of time in uh, the boarding school I was in was for you know delinquents, and we did a lot of like kind of therapy, group therapy, self help, that kind of thing. And and what I learned through that experience was that. Ultimately, you just have to take responsibility for your actions. So, if you're like you're saying, if you're unhappy with where you're at, all you need to do is take action and change it. You know, and and that's obviously way simpler said than done because it takes a lot of self awareness. Um, and there's different different levels of that, in my opinion, too. You know, um, from from like the the larger things to just even the smaller things that you deal with on a day to day basis. Um, so. 
but but what what, yes. what can somebody out there listening in at the moment and they're on their way to work to, to a job that they don't like and they've got their headphones in and they're waiting for that moment that inspiration that that key to change their life is there something now with your ability to have you know look back and see that progression that you've made is there something other than just taking responsibility they can do or is it just that yeah i, I think it um for me it all came down to fear um a lot of it came down to fear um and by that i mean you know everybody has bills they need to pay and um it, you know if, if you if you really loathe your job um the, like what are you, what are you going to do if you quit your job you know um and there needs to be a plan and an action and and for me when when i finally got together with my with my co-founder uh, his name's Joshua Millage by the way i'll just refer to him as Joshua when when we got together and started codebox we uh we both kind of sat together and we were like if we do this and we quit our jobs we're not going to have a lot of money um, and you know, at, at the time, my wife was going to be very unhappy with me because she was expecting me to like be able to help pay the rent and things like that. Um, and and I and I think the tendency is to um, shy away from all those fears and and all the unknown there, um, and uh, and and then sit in inaction because you're scared um, or because you don't know what's coming. And and I and I think the alternative then and what those those folks can do is is attempt to embrace that um and just say you know what it's going to be scary and uh i may not pay the bills but but for me it's like i had to come up with a way to combat that fear so it's like okay what's going to happen if i quit my job and the end of the month comes and i haven't brought in any any clients and and i can't pay my bills it's like i realistically i'm not going to end up homeless you know um and and i think that's probably a for me, at least, was the biggest fear is like I can go get a job at McDonald's or or the grocery store or something like that, um, and and make do, you know. And 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 if you have a passion, that's like what's most important because you got, you need to find, I suppose, what you're most passionate about, um, and and just be committed to doing that regardless of how much money it brings in. Or for, for me, I, I'm going to talk about money because that was what the biggest fear for me was, was the money. Um, but that might not be the biggest fear. Uh, that might It might be something completely different. And I, I, I suppose folks are going to have to decide that on a case-by-case basis. But um, for me, it was kind of like, I'm, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. Um, I will be able to find something else and, and carry on and persist, you know. Um, and as soon as I so- sort of started to accept that, um, it got less scary. Um, and that's, you know, that's when we started Codebox. And, uh, you know, I don't regret it for a mi- minute. And, uh, I mean, so I, I think that's what I would suggest, you know. Uh, well, I've, but, again, I've, I, don't, I don't know if it's a hard, fast rule. It, it's not, is it? It's a flavor. It's a flavor of being able to take a leap of faith and, as you say, make do. And that, that's the key thing. I think so many of us, when we are enjoying, certainly in my situation, when my salary was going up and up and up, it was directly linked to how un- unhappy I was. But I couldn't <laughs> break free from the unhappiness because the salary was going up and I was just trapped into that that sort of vicious um, increasing every sort of year. Once that was taken away from me and I realised that actually I've just been made redundant, I haven't got that, 
it's liberation it really is and I got made redundant and I thought to myself what shall I do and I thought I'm going to become a student and I went back and was a student I had a family I had a wife I had a mortgage and all those kind of things but I may do and we didn't go out for meals and we didn't do this and we didn't do that and you you do find a way of getting through the hard times and without doing that you're not going to find the good times are you no no absolutely not um that's the you know that's that that age-old saying that that the sweet is only sweet because you've, you've known the bitter right um and that's sort of i don't know in line with what we're talking about right here for sure well, it is. We, we call it our big dot. And in Join Up Dots, there seems to be a moment in everyone's life that they can look back on and they can go, even though that was awful, even though it was the unhappiest time I've been in, even though I wouldn't want to wish that on anyone else, actually, when I look back on it, best thing that ever happened to me that was and that really pushed me on to my my future do you have a moment in your life that you can look back on and you can go yeah that was really dreadful but i actually wouldn't be the man i am now without that uh yeah yeah for sure um i uh when, when i first uh moved to california i was i was working for this repossession agency and uh i i was working there essentially because i i needed i needed money you know, like I needed a job, and I and I, I I faked my way into the job by by agreeing to design a website for the owner of the company, and um, which I didn't really know how to do. By the way, I was just kind of toying with websites, and I was like, I bet I could do this for a living. Um, and and I got the job doing the website, and then he brought me in to manage his warehouse. So I, so I ended up managing this guy's warehouse for. Um, several years and then I got into like the repossession aspect of the company but but I essentially I, I was working the the moment was I, I was working uh, I, I'd work in the warehouse from like 7 seven thirty in the morning till 4 four thirty in the evening and then I'd go out repoing at night um, and then I'd get home like two three four o'clock in the morning and some sometimes I'd get right back to the yard at the end of the night and I'd sleep in my office for like an hour um, and then go back to work and and I was just I, I've always kind of had a, an anger issue i think that kind of stems back to my my early early childhood but but i came home one day and i was just so burnt out and i and i wasn't really making very much money um despite the 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 just sheer number of hours i was working and and i was surviving but i was just i was unhappy and and i think the biggest thing wasn't really so much the money it was that i had no interest in being a repossession agent or working in a warehouse it just it had nothing to do with what i wanted to do with my life um and i and i knew i was just kind of like sitting there and uh (laughs) <laughs> and my, my dog had we had just gotten a puppy my wife and I because we decided that we should get a puppy um, which is a whole other story and, and, and not relevant but wasn't a good idea for where we were at in our lives um, and and you know you have to train a dog when you get a dog and it and it would I would come home and there'd be like uh, it would go to the bathroom all over the carpet and it and it pulled books off the off my bookshelf and tore one of my books up and I just went into this rage and I destroyed our shower um i just like i destroyed it it was like one of those fiberglass tower showers and i just like beat the hell out of it um and uh and then i was faced with like i just like lost myself and i destroyed the shower which i now i'm going to have to spend money on and fix um and uh i still have this really crappy job that i don't like um and my dog still isn't trained uh, you know, and so all the problems were still there. Um, and at that point I realized like, I, I, not immediately, but like when I look back on it, I was like, that was the bottom 
uh, like the most unhappy point of my life so far where, where I was just, I realized I needed to change something. And I didn't know at the moment, like I had no idea what I needed to do, but I just knew I was unhappy. Um, and I had like, I guess I had come to accept it in that moment. Um, and that sparked me to, I, I ended up working there for another six or eight months, but then eventually I moved, I quit. Um, and, and I think it all kind of started in that moment when I, when I like kind of went into this violent rage on my shower. Um, well, when you have a shower now, do you, do you think about that every time you step into a shower? You know, I, I don't, but from time to time I, I do think about it. Um, it's not every time I get into the shower, but, um, you know, and, and actually maybe even more so than that, I remember, um, really every time I go to Home Depot, I remember it because I had to go to Home Depot to find, try to figure out, like, how, how do you fix a fiberglass shower wall, you know, because I, I was too, like, I had so much shame involved in the whole thing that I didn't want to, like, call my landlord and admit that I had done this, you know. I didn't even want to, like, talk to my wife about it. It was just something that I was, like, I was just so embarrassed of. But if I go to Home Depot now, I, I can remember, like, walking up and down the, the aisles trying to figure out like what tool uh, or epoxy or whatever I'm going to use to fix it. Um, so, which is kind of interesting that maybe even the shame is more, more the bottom than the, uh, the actual act of it. Cause I do remember it when every time I go to Home Depot um, and that's present in my mind. Cause I was at Home Depot over the weekend um, in the paint aisle thinking about it, you know, so. But, but if, if, if you think about it, right, you, you go in there, you smash this shower up, which is, it's a stupid thing to do. There's no getting away with it because you, <laughs> you need a shower. And if, if I yeah, was going to go and smash something up, I'd look around for something that I don't need anymore just to get it out of me. <laughs> but you need a shower every single day or you're not going to have any friends. Simple as that. <laughs> but the fact that you smashed, smashed it up and then had to go, right, how do I mend this? In a way, it was you starting to take action, wasn't it? And once you mended it, you, it's almost like you, you, you'd sit there going, right, two days ago, I had no idea how to mend a shower, but I've now done it. What else can I go? And you, you've got to smash certain things up, whether it's quitting a job or a relationship or whatever, to be able to mend what you want, haven't you? That's yeah, that's absolutely correct, and that that's actually a metaphor I use on a daily basis when it comes to to what we're doing at Codebox because our our kind of motto is that it's not always going to feel great and it's not always going to be pretty, um, but we're going to keep running through walls until we figure it out. You know, which is exactly what you're talking about. It's like here's the problem at hand, and we need to solve it. So let's just bang our head on it until it works. You know, um, and that's. You know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, one, once you break that wall down, you can start to build it back up and solve the problem. You know, and once the problem's solved, you can look at it and be like, you know, that might have been kind of painful, but I've built a pretty nice wall now. You know, so. Did you believe in the theory about burning your bridges? That if you leave yourself with an escape route then you're highly likely when things get tough to try to use that escape route. For example, when people leave a company, I've seen it so many times, that when things haven't gone well for them, they then phone up and say, can I have my old job back? Even though it was right. the job that they weren't happy with. <laughs> um, but if you do burn your bridges and you know you can't go back, then you have to do anything you possibly can. Flex that hustle muscle, make phone calls, do some jobs that you don't like whatever until that thing starts to pan out for you and you look back and you go thank god i didn't go back to that job but i might have done 
Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I guess in, in that regards I do, um, although I, I wouldn't I, – I also kind of value personal relationships. So I, I've never left a company in a way where where I actually, like, burnt a bridge that way. But I, but I think for me it's more about um, maybe not necessarily, like, ruining a relationship, but, but making it so that this is my only option, which is, I, I, I suppose, the same thing, but, I, but not, not really so much in a destructive way. Um, I, I guess that confrontation and that conflict, it just would never sit right with me if I, if I just like tr- mistreated somebody to the point where I could never get my job back. Um, Unless they were dressed as a shower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a contradiction right there, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, but I mean, I, I, I do agree with that, you know, um, and uh, although I, I can't say that I've actually done that, but, but in my mind, it's, it's. What what I've done was, uh, you know, when I when I left the repossession company, um, I just basically made a commitment to myself that I, I would not go back, you know, um, be, because I've seen that happen too, I, and I see it happen with relationships too, you know. It's like where where I very strongly believe if you like if you break up with somebody, um, there's like a very good reason why you've done that, and there's no reason to get back together. So so. The same should be true of, of your working relationships, you know. You um, can't reheat a souffle, somebody once said to me. <laughs> and, and it's a silly little phrase, but it, it's always struck. And I have never gone to a company left and gone back, ever. And I, I would never, ever do it. I don't think it, you, you have to have closure at certain points in your life. And you have to have the ability to go, as you were saying, that's not working. Those annoying habits of that company or my situation or my partner is getting me down. I'm not going to go back to it. But it's a comfort blanket, isn't it? It's what you know. And so when the girlfriend that you've dumped because she drove you mental suddenly doesn't look so bad because you're not in that situation, you think, okay, maybe I was mistaken. Maybe it was okay maybe i can make a go of it but i don't believe you do i don't believe second goes ever really work no i i i wholeheartedly agree with you i just i think yeah i mean once you've made that decision you know you, you need to remember that you know and keep keep that fresh in your mind somehow um so so with you your, your life the, the word creativity seems to flood out of you and we didn't mention <laughs> it in the um in the introduction but you you write poetry and you seem to have a interest in scarlett johansson i do and so so (laughs) how did those two things come about because poetry in my mind isn't a natural fit for somebody who is an at-risk teenager drinking heavily having drugs and all that all that kind of stuff but to sit there and create something as beautiful as you know poetry is and I, I listen to some of your poetry on youtube and people can go and hunt you down and go and listen to it and it is an interesting style of poetry it's it's almost well the one that i i heard was almost kind of angry the way you presented it there was there was over passion in it is that the way that you feel that you want to present yourself in in that format um that's uh yes in short yes um i i i came to poetry uh right at the end of my i guess my last semester of or last six months of high school um when i was in that boarding school for the at-risk teenagers and um 
and and it was actually sort of a kind of rebellion for me. We there were there were so many things that we weren't allowed to read, and weren't allowed to listen to, um, and we're we're basically kind of like under surveillance for good reason. I mean, we deserved all this. I'm not complaining, um, but but there was very few things that 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 weren't controlled. And, and a friend of mine at the boarding school found, we, we had very limited internet access and he found this website that had a bunch of E. e. Cummings poetry. And, um, and actually even more so than E. e. Cummings, Dylan Thomas, um, the, the, uh, what is he? Welsh, the Welsh poet. Mm. Um, I believe he's Welsh. Please don't quote me on that. I might be 100% off I'm sure he's, somewhere. I'm, he's Welsh. I'm sure he's Welsh. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Dylan, so we, we found a website that had this poetry on it and, uh, and as soon as my friend found it, he like printed it, and for some reason, it, it really struck him, and he and he and he gave me this eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper with a Dylan Thomas poem on it, um, and and I folded it up and I kept it in my pocket, and I and I would read it when I was in the toilet because that was the only place that I had like actual privacy, um, and because uh, we knew we weren't allowed to have this thing, you know. Um, and, what, and it's why, why not? Can I just stop you there? Well, why weren't you allowed to have that? What what? issues were you having poetry to the authorities well okay so so it wasn't necessarily that you weren't allowed to read poetry it was that every every book in the library was pre-read by the staff um and anything you brought in from outside like if my parents would send me a book the staff would have to approve whether or not i could read it um so so it's actually very likely that that they may have let us read it um but but I'll never know for sure. But but the idea was that uh, that we could be influenced negatively um, by anything uh, like kind of countercultural or um, you know by it was especially with music like any rap music, any like heavy metal music or punk rock music, um, just because by nature it's like abrasive or emotional hmm. um, that could be like damaging to our our recovery essentially. What was the concept, you know? Um, and and to a certain extent. And I understand it. Um, uh, I, I think, on a grand level, censorship like that is really, really devastating and dangerous. But, but in my little secluded, um, like, period of two years, where I was like trying to get my life together as a young, young man or a young adult, a teenager, a kid, really, um, I think it was beneficial for me. Um, and then, really, what was even more beneficial is because of that. Uh, censorship. When I found these poems, they spoke to me so much stronger than I think had they spoken to me because 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 i i mean i had a mohawk in high school and i was like always into punk rock music even though i didn't know what like anarchy really meant or like what the consequences of that were like i was into that because it was different um and it like spoke to me somehow so when i read these poems that i i felt like i should not be reading um it was way different than if one of my professors had given me the same poem in a textbook and assigned it to me as a class so it's like i thought i thought i was doing something that i shouldn't be doing so i internalized the poetry differently than had it been something that I was told to do, if that makes sense. It, it makes total sense. It makes yeah. total sense. But I, I'm, I'm fascinated why somebody like yourself, was it escapism when you read these words of Dylan Thomas? Was it creating a vision of a world that you weren't part of, but you would have loved to be? I, I think so. Um, I mean, I, I didn't necessarily want to be inside of his poems. I, I think the world that it created for me was was a world where I could create things, you know? Um, it was like an, uh, a matter of expression, you know? Um, wh when I read it, I something inside me was like, I want to be able to um, 
I guess more than anything, like I wanted to be able to create something that could speak to other people in the same way that this poem spoke to me. You know, um, I think that more than anything is kind of what drew it to me. I, I mean, of course, I think the words are beautiful, but it, but for me, poetry and and actually any art, music, etc., has always been more of uh, less about like what it actually is and what that response it elicits in me um, is, like how I feel about it when I listen to it or look at it or read it. Because uh-huh. one of the themes of the show, Thomas, which has, has come out, is, is a, a, a trend that's coming out, that, and it's the tagline of the show, connecting our past to build our future, is that a lot of things that you're doing now about building stuff and being creative is highly likely the things that you liked doing when you was a very small chap, when you was like a little five-year-old. And it seems that people who are building like websites and businesses, you can take them back and they were very interested in, in drawing or, or Lego or building blocks and all that kind of stuff. Is, is there a similarity to your life if you look back and start sort of connecting those dots that what you're doing now is a kind of adult version of what you were doing when you was a five-year-old yeah i mean absolutely i I think um you know that that you read right at the beginning of the show something i had written in an essay about how you know kind of everybody's creative and uh um when, when I look back to when I was a kid, I actually wrote a bit when I was really young, too. I didn't, I didn't really think of myself as a poet, but I, I wrote songs, I played music, um, and, and even younger than that, it, funny you mentioned Legos, I, I've always loved Legos. I still kind of love Legos, I just, I don't, I don't have the right justification to actually play with them, um, you know what I mean? But uh, You can always go with Lego, can't you? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think... Um, and I think every, well, maybe not, maybe not everybody's creative, but, but I think everybody, I, well, I'll speak for myself. It's like, I've always enjoyed creating things, you know, um, and, uh, and making things. And, and there's something really like intensely satisfying to me about finishing. So nowadays it's finishing a website and, 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 and that moment when it's like, okay, this is done and shipped and it's live, um, and then just kind of like sitting in that and being like, I made that, you know, uh, that was something that I made and now it exists in the world, however intangible a website is. But that's always been really satisfying and gratifying to me. Um, but isn't that fantastic and, and freaky that this is the first time we've ever spoke at all we, we've never other than a couple of yeah. emails we and i can know that about you because it <laughs> seems to be what everyone is saying to me and it's a real weird fact that we all go into jobs that we hate but actually we should just be looking at what we used to love doing when we were little and trying to build a job around that and if you loved you know making Barbie clothes, then become a fashion designer. And if you like right. drawing, do something like that. It seems that we we had the clues. The dots were there right at the very beginning. I'm absolutely an exponent of that now. If I look back onto my early days, I was pretty much doing what I'm doing now. And I can't imagine why I wasted 25 years <laughs> trying to find that path again. But I just couldn't see it until I'm into it now. And I look at it and think... God, this is what I used to do. Why? Why is it taking me so long? It's madness, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. It, it, it's funny too. I, I, I'm, I'm faced with that from time to time because, because when I was like twelve, um, I used to build uh, AOL profiles for my friends. They're, I don't know if you're familiar with this at all, but I'm sure some some listeners are. You could, you could like hack your AOL profile. 
um, with like little bits of HTML and CSS in order to like change the whole thing black and you could only display certain characters and make like designs with the characters and things like that um, and but actually hide the fields um, like so you can like hide your first name field by making the background black because in the the, the text of that says first name would be black and you can make little designs but I knew how to do that and I would like my I, my friends would pay me like five dollars to make their AOL profile look cool and I was doing that when I was in like middle school you know um, but then it takes me until I'm like 24 to like start actually like thinking of myself as a web designer that can or a web developer that can sell websites to real people or real businesses and things like that. Um, and then another handful of years before I like realized like I actually want to just do this on my own and start my own company doing this. So uh, when when I quit my job, I thought I was going to be a web developer, and I did it for two days and wanted to smash a toaster into my head. <laughs> I, it, it it drove me mental, and I suddenly realized, my God, I have created a, a world for myself, and I can make websites. They're not hard, you know. I've I've, I've done it yeah. numerous times, and I thought what I was going to do was build websites for local businesses who didn't have one, you know, the easy pickings, right, 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 um, and then sort of develop that way. And I I did one. And I just remember this day sitting at the kitchen table and I hadn't heard anyone speak all day. And I thought, this can't be my life. And I, I thought, right, I need to break silence. And I put the radio on and I couldn't concentrate. So I put a podcast on. And as the podcast was being played, I listened to this chap and I thought, I could do this. And it was as simple as that. And my whole, my whole life changed on that one chap saying those words i didn't know how to do it i didn't know how to record i had no idea about anything other than the fact that i thought i quite fancy this let's give it a go um but i, I look back on it and it was all there it was all around me everything i can link back and say yes i can do that because i used to do this and i can do that because i used to do this and all that kind of stuff but you just can't see it at the time life life takes over you right yeah, absolutely. It's well, it's that thing where you're you're just too focused on you're too close to the situation, um, and there's there's no perspective there, you know. And you, it's and it's for me, it's always been tremendously difficult to be objective about the situation I'm in in that moment, you know. Um, and uh, yeah. Well, what I'm going to do at that moment is bring on Steve Jobs because I, I think we need a bit of a powerhouse motivational talk. <laughs> um, not that we need it at all. And this is a speech that he did back in 2005 and really is the theme of the show and this is why we call the show Join Up Dot. So I'm going to play these words and um, I'm going to ask your opinion on them, whether they're relevant to you, whether they're relevant to your life or, and you know what your feeling are to these powerful words. This is Steve Jobs. Of course, it was impossible to connect the dots looking forward when I was in college, but it was very, very clear looking backwards 10 years later. Again, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something, your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever, because believing that the dots will connect down the road will give you the confidence to follow your heart even when it leads you off the well-worn path, and that will make all the difference. What do you think about those words, Thomas? I, I mean, I, I think he's right, uh, and of course, we've we've spent the past you know forty-five minutes or so talking about this. Um, that's kind of what we've been leading up to, right? Is is this, this is obviously apparent in my life, and it sounds like it is in yours too. The the only thing I think I could really and <laughs> I, 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 especially being in the tech industry, it's like almost 
heresy to disagree with Steve Jobs, but but I think there's also some measure of hard work involved in all that. It's it's not only just kind of believing that things are going to work out for you. It's 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 working hard enough um, so that that things do work out. And and uh, I don't remember the author's name. My my wife is really into like medieval fantasy novels, and we we went and we saw this author. Um, I, if I would have thought about this earlier, I would have looked him up. But we we saw him read, and uh, he he basically said that being a uh, Oh wow! When I think about, I, I'm going to say this anyway. I'm going to contradict myself. But what what he said was, being a really good writer isn't going to get your book published. He said um, you have to be lucky, and he's like that doesn't mean you can leave everything to chance though. Because when you get lucky, you better be a really great freaking writer. Otherwise, that that opportunity is just going to sl- kind of slip out of his out of your hands. So, and what he was saying was that he's been he worked for years and years and years on books, and they got rejected by publishers. Um, and he like really worked at writing, um, and he tried to improve his writing. And none of that mattered. What mattered was that he got lucky enough to get in front of the right editor at the right time. But at that moment, he had the book that he had worked really hard on. Um, and had he not done all that hard work, none of it would have mattered. Um, so, I, I think maybe I'm not necessarily disagreeing with Steve Jobs, but um, I think you you need to trust that that things are going to work out. But you also need to like bust your ass in order to get there. Uh, excuse my language. I don't know if we can cuss here. No, that's absolutely spot on. You you do. You have to work harder than you've ever worked before. But hopefully, you're doing something that you love, and that's the key thing. So. Richard Branson says that he doesn't think of work as work and play as play. It's just living. And I think that is, you know, that's a powerful statement to make. When you can find something that you love doing, and hopefully it comes across, I love this. I love this more than anything I've ever done in my life. And even though I've been doing it for 10 hours now, I'd, I'd go again tomorrow and I'd do it the next day as well. You you just can't get enough of it. So it is that thing about, yeah, Busting your hump to make something of an opportunity that you've been given or you've created, but hopefully it's something that inspires you enough to to want to do that so it doesn't feel like work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, that's a a change, Thomas. It's the first time you've agreed with me tonight. (laughs) Well, you know, if I disagree, it makes, uh, you know, more stimulating conversation. Have you been something. listening to my wife? That's the kind of thing that she would say. <laughs> That's what my wife would say too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're they're yeah. all cut from the same cloth. So, oh, yeah. so yeah. Where, where is Go Code Box going to go? It's you and your mate at the moment. And I understand that he works in his house, you work in your house, and you drive every now and again to sort of middle California somewhere to sort of meet up. Is it going to have more employees? Is it going to go worldwide? What's your dreams for your company? Yeah, uh, that's a that's a great question. Thank you. We we actually are worldwide. Um, it's it's kind of exciting. We we are an international web development agency. We have uh, two clients in Australia, one client in the United Kingdom, um, and then a handful of clients here in America. The rest of our clients are all in America. But so we actually are technically worldwide, um, which we like to remind people because it's it's it strokes the ego a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, the company started with, with, uh, myself and Joshua, um, and, you know, I'm a web developer. He's a, he's a 
sales marketing guru. Um, he he kind of does the internal stuff, and I and I actually construct the things. But uh, neither of us really have a good eye for design, so we we've from day one worked with a handful of contract designers. Um, and uh, just in the last two three months, we've started to grow the team, and we've brought in project managers and uh, a second web developer to work with me. Um, and we're in talks with bringing in a full time uh, designer. Um, so the company is growing, you know, um, and, uh, you know, our, our, our plan, we actually, we, we got together, um, the last time we were together was, uh, at the beginning of the second quarter of this year. So right around mid March, I think. Um, and we kind of, we, we asked each other the same question was like, what, what are we going to, like, where do we want Codebox to be in the next year, in the next two years, in the next three years? Um, and 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 we run a business because you want to make money, so we, we wrote down revenue numbers and projections and things like that. Uh, and then we got a little bit more granular, like how many people do we want on our team? Um, how many products do we want to have? How many websites do we want to build, et cetera, et cetera? Do we want to change anything? What do we want to change? When do we want to change it? Um, and 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 really, the, the, the answer to that is that we, we don't know exactly we know that we're, we're we're good at what we do and we really enjoy doing it um and and we kind of i mean so we, we wrote down numbers of course but we kind of just agreed to keep moving forward um with the with the intention of growth you know um and that's kind of like a really exciting place to be because uh when, when we got together, we had no idea. Like, we, we were both freelancers at the time. Um, I had just quit my job, and I was half-heartedly freelancing, and, and he was freelancing full-time. Um, and we were like, let's do this together and kind of join forces. Um, and we, we, we had very, like, little commitment to each other. Um, and then as time we went on, we started dropping off our freelance work, and, and now we both work full-time here. And, uh, um and it's like the the next stage is just growth is to to grow the team um and bring more people into the fold who 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 share the same vision and passion that we do um does, for building websites does it scare does, you ab- oh absolutely um you know that's that's the <laughs> that's the other side of the whole thing is that um you know at, at the end of the day i'm really really stoked on what i'm doing but i'm also terrified of what i'm doing because every 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 new issue we encounter is um it's it's all unfamiliar territory to me, um, and and some of it's uh, familiar to me and unfamiliar to Joshua, and some of it's familiar to him and unfamiliar to me, and uh, and some um, sometimes we're both just like looking at a problem and saying we have no idea how to handle this, you know, um, and uh, you know that that's actually the immediate reason why we started to bring in more team members because we got to a point where we couldn't solve problems on our own anymore, and we're like we need somebody who's really good at this one particular thing who can do that for us because we can't do it, you know? Uh, and, and of course we tried, you know, cause like I told you earlier, our motto is kind of just like keep running through that wall. Um, and then, you know, the, the solution ended up being to hire somebody else, you know, it's like, okay, we can't do it ourselves. So now we bring in the expert. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and I mean, it's always, uh, for, for me initially, the problem was, you know, how am I going to pay my bills, you know? Um, and now the problem is like, now we have other people that we're committed to, um, and not, not that we're solely responsible for their bills, but, um, now we need to bring in enough cause we've committed to them that we're going to give them, you know, X amount of dollars. Um, and that's terrifying too, in its own right, you know, cause it's like now there's more people relying on us. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I absolutely embrace the challenge. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm hopeful for our future and, uh, you know, just like looking forward, uh, I, I'm just going to try to keep this in my mind that, 
if I continue working, um, and, and, and working hard, uh, things will come together because they always have like mr jobs just said you know in retrospect things do come together so i need to trust that they're going to continue coming together as long as i i keep my my vision focused and and my you know my hard work put my best foot forward to what, use what I, I loved about your your words there was if you went back to your younger self which we're going to do in a moment actually we're going to put you on the sermon <laughs> on the mic and send you back but you blagged that you could make a website for someone even though you couldn't and now you're in a situation where you're bringing on clients and you and your partner are looking at each other going i know we've got these clients but we don't actually know how to do it and it's it hasn't moved on at all has it you know you're earning more money you've still got to have those leaps of faith you've still got to have that screw it let's do it because then the next time you'll know how to do that there's always got to be that first time that you don't know anything and that's the key message to to get out to the listeners yeah, absolutely. And yeah, uh, it, yeah, I, I hesitate to say that and, and agree with you because I, I don't want my clients thinking that we don't know what we're doing because <laughs> um, we do. But for me, web development um, has always been about uh, – it has been about exactly that. It's like, okay, here's something that I have no idea how to do and I'm going to figure out how to do it. And, and that's why development has always been so exciting to me because like I said earlier, um, learning is intensely – gratifying to me you know so so we do that all the time every new deal we close is um we we kind of have a moment where we're like you know we kind of like look at the the project outline and we're like is this possible you know that's that's always the question is like can we do this and and everything's possible you know um it's just like how well not everything but most things that are requested of us are possible um and it's just a matter of like having faith in your capabilities um to 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 know that even though I don't know right this moment how I'm going to do it, I'll figure out how, you know, um, or and now like me and my team will figure out how. Yeah. Nelson Mandela, I think he said it's only impossible until it's done, you know. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. And I think that's yeah. about right, isn't it? Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and that's true, uh, you know, of uh, I see that all the time in fitness. I mean, not too long ago, somebody broke um, – I don't know, maybe it was 10 years ago that somebody broke like a five minute mile, you know, and, and, and up until that point, that was impossible, you know, and as soon as somebody d does it, all these other people started doing it too, you know. Um, it all comes so, down to mindset, doesn't it? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Well, let's take you to the end of the show now. And this is the part that I like to call the powerhouse ending of the show. This is a sermon on the mic where we play the theme tune. And while it's playing, you're transported back in time to have a one-on-one -on -one with your younger self. And if you could go back in time, what sort of age younger self would you choose? Would it be the, the, the chap sitting on the toilet reading the poetry? Would it be the, the guy going on long road trips with your girlfriend that you couldn't really afford? It's up to you, but um, I'm going to play the music now, and you're up. This is a sermon on the mic. Here we go with the best bit of the show. The sermon on the mic. The sermon on the mic. Well, Tom, this is uh, Tom. Um, when I talk about myself in the third person, I always refer to myself as Tom, even though 
I tell everybody else my name is Thomas. And that's going to be confusing for you over the next couple of years, and you're going to be constantly wondering whether or not that makes sense. And uh, don't let that identity crisis scare you, because at some point in time, you're going to buy the domain thomaspatricklevy.com, and then you're going to be kind of stuck with it, and there's nothing you can do about it. So uh, regardless of what you might say to yourself over the next few years, your name is Thomas, uh, and you can continue calling yourself Tom in your head, and nobody's going to care, and your dad's still going to call you Tommy, and your mom is still going to call you Tom, and your wife is still going to call you Stinky, and... All of that's going to be okay. And I've been thinking a lot recently, just in the last 45 minutes, about what I would say to you if I had the chance to say to you, to say anything to you, really. And I know that time travel is not possible, and that's okay. We're going to suspend disbelief here. And uh, you've done a lot of really stupid things in your life. Um, And there's a couple pictures of you when you were like 14 with your stupid hair. Um, and <laughs> at the moment you, you thought it was really cool. And, and now, uh, you know, several years later, um, you're going to realize how dumb you looked and, and that's okay too, because you're going to do more stupid things as you grow up and you get older. Uh, and, and, and you're going to have a lot of jobs that are stupid that you're, you're going to look back on and think maybe I should have never taken that job. And you're going to be in some relationships that were terrible. Uh, and you're going to do drugs and you're going to drink, uh, and you're going to, you're going to hurt a lot of people along the way. And, uh, and as much as I want to tell you not to do that, I think you should probably, do all those things. Um, and then when you get to the point where I am today, you're going to look back on it and, and you're going to regret some things because uh, it always sucks to hurt people. But all the relationships by this point have been repaired and uh, everything's okay. And you're relatively happy and you're moving forward and you're hopeful for the future. So, uh, you know, keep it up and just remember that things are going to hurt. That's, I think, more than anything, what I'd like to say to you is that things are always going to hurt. And, and, and the thing you can really do to make things easier is to embrace that pain um, and not fall into self-pity or despair or inaction. Uh, because things will get better if you continue to move forward. Powerful words, powerful words. And I hope the young Thomas is listening carefully. Um, for all our listeners out there that have been listening carefully how can they connect with you and your work uh i'd start on my website it's thomaspatricklevy.com uh, i slipped that into my little sermon um but i'll repeat it again um and they can hop on my mailing list there if they hop on my mailing list they'll get a free copy of my most recent little ebook um just like 10 pages or something like that um so yeah they can go to my website they can follow me on youtube um I don't have my channel name off the top of my head. I should have gotten that prepared. Uh, I really don't do a lot of social networking. They can follow me on Twitter at, at Thomas P. Levy, um, and I may or may not tweet back at them. Um, or they can follow me on Instagram. That's actually the only social network that I really enjoy these days is Instagram, and that's at Thomas P. Levy also. Um, and what about Codebox? Yeah. Can they find you there? Yeah. Uh, our website is gocodebox.com. Um, we have contact forms on there if you'd like to get in touch with us. Uh, if you'd like a website, you know, we're happy to build one for you. Um, you can get in touch with us there. Our phone number is up on the website. You could also just email me directly. Um, I'm always down to take emails. My, my personal email address is thomaspleavy at gmail.com. Um, and, you know, one thing 
uh, is that I feel like everybody's really kind of lonely, um, and social networks allow us to to like communicate with each other. Um, I get really excited when people reach out to me, you know. Um, so, and sometimes I forget that, and when I like want to reach some out to somebody that I'm like really impressed with or want to talk to, I'm like, well, they're not really going to want to talk to me, um, but they do every single time somebody hits me up. I'm like, wow, that was awesome. Thanks so much for contacting me, you know. So I'd encourage people just to reach out to me or anybody else you want to talk to, you know. I, I agree with that totally. It's, it's always been amazing to me whenever I reach out, I've never had a no yet. I've, I've had, yeah. <laughs> it's not quite right at the moment, come back in three months, but no one's ever <laughs> said no. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Well, Thomas, thank you so much for spending time with us today, joining up those dots. And please come back again when you have more dots to join up, because I believe that by joining up those dots and connecting our pasts is the best way to build our futures. Thomas Patrick Levy, thank you so much. Thank you, David. David doesn't want you to become a faded version of the brilliant self you were once to become. So he's... Thanks for listening to today's episode of Join Up Dots, brought to you exclusively by podcastersmastery.com, the only resource that shows you how to create a show, build an income, and still have time for the life that you love. Check out podcastersmastery.com now. David doesn't want you to become a faded version of the brilliant self you were once to become. So he's put together an amazing guide for you called the eight pieces of advice that every successful entrepreneur practices, including the two that changed his life. Head over to joinupdots.com to download this amazing guide for free, and we'll see you tomorrow on Join Up Dots.